in this attic lot going on but there ain't no need to panic come on up and join we getting wild getting manic spitting truth for all you fanatics uh every week got something new to say ain't no filter this shit coming straight from the brain it's coming straight from the brain yeah it's coming straight coming straight from the brain what's up everybody today is tuesday February 9th, 2021, this is A Talk in the Attic, and I'm your host, Kirk Ross. Thank you for listening to this, our 92nd episode overall, or put another way, our third episode of Season 2. Like many of you listening, Jessica and I are big fans of the podcast Sword and Scale, one of the pioneering shows of the now massive true crime podcast industry, and we generally like it. I mean, graphic case details about sadistic psychopaths? (laughs) What's not to like, right? But one thing that we laugh about every single time Sword and Scale comes on, the host refers to his new episodes with the season number he's currently in combined with the total overall episode count. Here's an example. Rather than saying episode number 92 overall in our third episode of season two, it would be, this is season two, episode 92. Kind of implies that we've had 92 episodes in season two. As if we don't see what's going on here, trying to grow the scale of your body of work by double dipping in the numbers? Or is it that you actually have released 175 episodes in season seven, Mike? And if it is the case that you've released 175 episodes in season seven, then why does it seem like we're always waiting around for you to release your new episode? My God, I'm feeling a little bit heated here, but I'm sorry. I can't take it anymore. If we can't trust our free podcast to reliably arrive on time, then who can we trust, you know? Which reminds me, while I have been making sure to hit my Tuesday and Friday cadence each and every week, I need to improve on my discipline so that I can now dial in having the episode release at a certain time each and every Tuesday and Friday. To that end, I've got a nice catalog of interviews all lined up that I'm editing in the background here, so future Friday episodes should drop consistently and on time. And if they don't, then there's only one person to blame. That's right, Donald Trump. It's Donald Trump's fault. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Of course, he's gone now on that big golf plantation in America's micropenis, Florida. And now we have to find someone new to blame for that which ails us. A lot of people, myself included, at times assigned more responsibility for our own mental health into the comings and goings of one single person, especially one as removed from my actual life as a DC political figurehead. I couldn't get my podcast out on time because a politician said this. And then other people said this, and when some people from high school wrote this on Facebook, maybe a relative texted me a warning of impending civil war. That's all on Trump. But wait a tick. As was the case during his presidency, the following is true still today. All of this is on us. Each of us has a responsibility to experience this one life that we have in whatever way we want to experience it. Easy for me to say, I know, but privilege aside, there is something to dive into here. Circumstances are not always ideal for the most positive day-to-day experience. Maybe money is tight. Maybe you're dealing with physical or mental health problems. Maybe you're being abused by someone even. And in a lot of our cases, we're being abused by ourselves. Maybe not abuse in a fight club, Tyler Durden punching the narrator kind of way, but we're often our own harshest critics. Ooh la la, I like where this one's heading. So let's dive into figuring out how I can conquer the most effective naysayer of all, me. Well, 
not exactly me, in your case, you, and in their case, them, you get what I'm trying to say here. Before I lose you, let's start the show. That was, of course, The Pixies' Where Is My Mind that you just heard, a track that sounds just as modern today as it did 22 years ago when it served as the backdrop for that final haunting scene in Fight Club. Just as modern as it did when it was released 11 years prior to that back in 1988. It's a good jam. But before we pick up on this man versus himself or woman versus herself conflict that's brewing within each of us, let's first talk about a fun development that I've got going in the attic. I splurged on a one-year subscription to an app called Voloco. V-O-L-O-C-O. This is not an ad, by the way. It was something like $25 for the whole year of subscription. Simply put, Voloco is an auto-tune app. You know, for those moments in life where your natural voice is insufficient for the moment. You know what I'm talking about, people. Think back to a time you put together a perfect sales presentation, maybe. You covered it all. Revenue generation scenarios, profitability studies, market research. Oh, and you got some emotional appeal in there as well. But what's going to make these people sign the purchase order? You need a hook, damn it. Everybody needs a hook. You're my customer and I would never steal you wrong. So please sign this PO, baby, and I'll send it along. And our workers will start making some parts to your exact specifications exactly for your heart. Because what your heart needs is a home. Just like what your Nissan needs is some goddamn chrome. I mean, what purchasing agent in their right mind could turn down a sales pitch and auto-tune chorus? Okay, Jessica and I were in line this past weekend at a curbside pot dispensary when I stumbled upon this Voloco app. Almost instantly, it paid dividends. Let me explain how. We were in line to receive our legal marijuana at Grand Rapids' very own dispensary called Flourish. F-L-U-R-E-S-H. Fans of Aldous Huxley, imagine how Soma-esque this whole scene is. A cattle call of docile humans awaiting their weekly psychoactive provisions from a government-sanctioned distribution center. Hmm. Really, Kirk? You're trying to make brave new world sidebars when you're already down an auto-tune sidebar? Sorry, it's just a side effect of the wheat, I mean, the Soma. Anyway, we were patiently waiting for the confirmation text to come through, alerting us that our order would be ready. Of course, you can't get to the front of the line, not before that confirmation text. Otherwise, you're sent packing right through the back of the line. We were in our second full loop of this process when that text finally came through and not a moment too soon. Because we were coming up on the fulfillment guy for the second time anyway. Now, having had a solid 20 minutes with my new Voloco app, I was ready to share it with the world. The guy told us he'd be right back with order number 6C7XW and turned briskly to get back inside and grab the goods. Hey, sir, uh, what's your first name? I yelled. 
He reluctantly replied, uh, I'm Josh, in a manner that implied that he thought I might be a let-me-speak-to-your-manager type. Maybe it was the boxy denim shirt. Maybe it was the side pony that was giving me this Karen vibe. But he copped to the Josh moniker anyway. All right, Josh, I said, I've got something special brewing for you, brother. He had no idea what I was talking about. I think he smiled, but who knows? His double mask made for a better door than a window. Okay, based on previous trips, I knew we didn't have much time between when Josh went inside and when he came back out with the goods, so I took the Voloco and put together the quickest jam I could for our deal... Sorry, I mean, provisioner. He emerged from the storefront right as I was finishing up the song. Here we go, Josh. Hot off the presses, I said. Using an idiom that was initially intended for print presses, but that kind of applies to the idea that vinyl records are also pressed, so it fit. Now Josh was visibly excited. His eyes said what his mask was covering up. So I started in, hit play, and jammed it on the car stereo. Mr. Josh, please bring us a pot. And when you do, Josh, you'll be hot to trot. This place is called Flourash, but it should be called Fleur Josh. This place is called Flourish, but it should be called Fleur Josh. Not my finest work lyrically, but a nice gesture nonetheless. I could tell Josh appreciated it. His reaction, albeit a confusing one, said it all. Dude, we're celebrating Black History Month here at Flourish. I think you mean Fleur Josh. And as part of Black History Month, each of us is handing out one $10 gift card to whoever we feel like deserves it that day. Oh no, I thought. I don't feel right getting a gift card for Black History Month from White Josh. I'm White Kirk. I frantically searched for an appropriate manner in which I could turn down these corporate reparations, but before I could, Josh continued. These are all gift cards to black-owned Grand Rapids restaurants, so make sure you use it and support black businesses. Well, okay. I guess it's less cultural appropriation-y once you get the whole spiel, but back to the point on hand. Just 20 minutes into my Voloco Autotune app experience, and I was already cool enough to be mistaken as a black dude. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Flourish. Thanks, Flourish, Josh. And thanks to 40 Acres Soul Kitchen in Grand Rapids for bringing great black dishes to this all-too-often white bread culinary scene that is Grand Rapids, Michigan. So here's what we know about Veloco. It's a great tool for automotive chrome sales professionals. Okay. We also know it's great for earning culturally misappropriated gift cards. But how can I employ this beautiful technology for you, the listeners and the viewers? This has been the burning question of the past 72 hours. I considered auto-tuning myself, reciting informative, important statistics, ones that could use a little sprucing up to keep it fresh and to keep your attention despite the otherwise arduous content. Things like, things like statistics suggest that 553,742 Americans are homeless on any given night. But that seemed like too tricky a tightrope walk between ironic and offensive. And if you don't see how this bit could lean offensive, then you should have listened to a few of these Myanmar headlines that I came across and auto-tuned. I'll spare you the experience in favor of keeping some levity here. I considered bringing back our favorite group of lemurs, which, as most of you remember from season one, is called a conspiracy of lemurs, which is the official name for the group of them, but it also means in the attic that they're deep in a conspiratorial propaganda as well, of course. Hey, listen up, baby. I said, listen to this little lady. You better hold your barrels tight, hon. Cause I'm 
So that was another option, but that didn't really come across that well. So we're going to go in a more helpful direction. So let's close the loop with what this episode is really about anyway, and that's conquering your inner demons. Let's lay a couple of contextual guidelines down here. You may not totally agree with these guidelines, but try to see the value in this exercise anyway, people, okay? Contextual guideline one. We're our own harshest critics. If you're like me, you remember almost every misstep you've ever taken. And while recognizing your own missteps is an important part of personal improvement, it can lead to a lot of negative, counterproductive thoughts on a regular basis. Maybe you overreacted about something with your partner, and rather than just making it right, you decided to dwell on why you overreacted. And then maybe you started assigning speculative guesses as to what your partner is feeling about you right now. And that's when you think back on all the other times that you overreacted. You start to recall the fallout from the last time you overreacted towards this person, the fallout from all the times you overreacted to other people. And as you're sitting here dwelling on how hard you failed this go around, you could have simply mended the situation. You could have apologized to your partner and stayed on the positive present side of things. So to repeat, we are our own harshest critics. Contextual guideline number two. We ignore our darkest memories. When going through a dark period, okay, we rely on our ability to ignore the direness of the situation as a survival mechanism. Looking on the bright side of things is a great way to get through the dark side of things. But once we're through it, we often put the whole narrative to bed forever. We've all done this, right? Some event crops up and it totally changes us, throws us for a loop, might even make us question the very principles on which we stand. And what do we do? We set it aside and tell ourselves, don't focus on this now. Come back to it when you're through it. Come back once you've got a little time-induced perspective. But what happens? We often never revisit it. At least not in any sort of constructive way, that is. Sure, we revisit the emotions of it. Maybe when a new situation is reminiscent of the factors leading to the original trauma. But in that regard, we rely on these emotional recollections purely as excuses to avoid a similar experience in this new example. But we don't usually revisit the actual actions, the actual behaviors, the actual trends that we were personally responsible for to lead us there in the first place. It seems like it's too scary. Seems like it's too difficult to really confront the dark memories that changed us so drastically in our past. And why is that? Of course, we only consider the short-term discomfort of dredging up these old lessons, dismissing altogether the certain pain that will come by not dissecting these uncomfortable lessons. We ignore our darkest memories, and in doing so, they gain power. They gain strength. Contextual guideline number three. If our pain gains power in the dark, then it loses power in the light. This brings us to a major theme of a talk in the attic, and that is, of course, openness. I've owned up to things on this podcast project that I had never discussed with anyone, sometimes not even with myself. I'm not suggesting that this is the healthiest order in which to do things, by the way, but nevertheless... And as I've learned each and every time, sharing something that I consider negative about myself helps me see them less as tragic flaws and more as areas for potential improvement. And the feedback I get mirrors this belief as well. I'm not as flawed as I think I am, or at least everyone else is as flawed as I am too. Now, there are times when I can't find a single flaw in myself as well. That's when I'm feeling a little bit too big for my britches, which does happen on occasion. But by and large... 
think we'd all agree that we'd have a much more peaceful human experience if more of us were walking around overconfident than experiencing self-doubt on the steady. So now, after a highly circuitous route of getting here, I'm ready to share with you the culmination of all these things I've been blabbering about today. I've written a song, complete with auto-tune, of course, that shines a light on some memories that I've long avoided for fear that they'll still hurt too bad. As rapper Killer Mike of Run the Jewel says, we need to kill our masters. Killer Mike? Kill our masters? You're really focused on killing, mister. But he's right. We need to find what's holding us back. We need to root out what's clouding our thoughts. And we need to do whatever it takes to put it to rest so we can move forward in the most energetic, positive, and productive way. So in the spirit of killing your master, I present to you, as hot off the presses as you'll ever hear, a brand new song called Auto-Tune your autocrats. That's going to play us out. But afterwards, I urge you to find a way to auto-tune your autocrats, to shine a light on the hardest times, and in doing so, take back the power that is rightfully yours. Peace out, everybody. In darkness they rest. In light they perish. It's time to kill your masters, y'all. It's time to auto-tune auto-tune it's time to auto-tune your autocrat <laughs> nice buck teeth kirk you look like a rabbit here mrs Agner, is my heart for you to stab it you're a little chubby too so don't get it twisted you're not cute enough for mega my seventh grade sister my seventh grade sister yeah now it's 20 years later and my love life still looks great I've got my own divorce down with another one on the way She looked at me and she said I'm over this, I'm wary We got to get divorced So that we can remarry Oh, trying to find the words That are worthy of the moment But I was crying too hard At this outlandish comment While I'm in my friend's backyard Trying to get stoned He's filming the whole thing on his video drone no i won't divorce you only to remarry that's an expensive legal process that tends to get hairy and stop it with the drone david the wearing is a brain and now that it's auto-tuned it'll never hurt again it'll never 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 auto-tune your autocrats auto-tune your autocrats you gotta auto-tune your autocrats Fast forward a couple more years It's fast forward a couple more years It's 2019 I'm doing well at work But I'm running out of steam Contradicting orders And office politics And Fox News is all I'm seeing On the corporate TV says, yeah Hey Kirk, it's Human Resources Meet me at Big B Coffee and don't forget your badge, your cell phone, and definitely not your PC. Oh my god, I'm getting fucking fired at a motherfucking coffee shop. Oh, it's a crowded ass place to get your career real head shop. Oh, but I went and they said, with a completely straight face. Sorry, Kirk, we no longer can trust you at this place. Oh my god, I'm getting fucking fired at a motherfucking coffee shop. I would have ordered something way much bigger if I knew this was my last stop on the corporate card. In that case, I'll have a chai latte, the 64-ounce refillable one with the redo bug, the reusable fucking mug. Can I do that? No. 
We're not gonna cover that. Sit your ass down, gotta talk where you went wrong. Mm. We got a severance. You can't talk about it. Don't sing about it. Definitely got to auto tune your autocrats. You got to A U T O tune your autocrats. Yeah, A U T O tune. A U T O C R A T S. Yeah, you got to auto tune your autocrats. You got to auto tune your autocrats. Keep killing your masters. Keep filling up a hearse. And with those old dark clowns that disappear with every verse, oh, auto tune your auto tune. Auto-tune, auto-auto-tune Auto-tune your auto-crats 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 Auto-tune your auto-crats